We all have fond memories of the people we love. Whether it's friends or family, the people we care about will always have a lasting impact on our lives. The fond memories we create stick with us forever, and it strengthens the bonds we form with others. What? I'm going to tell you, when I was dating Roberto, he would follow us. <laughs> we all had bikes, so we would all ride the bike in Central Park. But when we weren't together, we were, he, was, he would be with his friends. I thought he would be with his friends. But he would follow me and Roberto through Central Park. And whenever he found us there alone, he would say, hey, I'm going to tell my dad on you. <laughs> it's important to hold on to the memories we create. Because when we lose those we love, the memories we're left with is how they're remembered. An unemployed Cuban immigrant is charged tonight with the worst mass murder in U.S. history. Eighty-seven people were killed when someone set fire to the Happy Land Social Club. Dancing and laughter turned into gasping for air and then death. It may have been an act of revenge. On March 25, 1990, the Happy Land Social Club fire became one of the biggest mass murders to strike the U.S. Eighty-seven people were killed by arsonist Julio Gonzalez who'd gotten into an argument with his ex-girlfriend who worked at the club. In a fit of rage, he left the club, returned with a gallon of gasoline, and poured it on the front steps of the club's only entrance. The club lacked safety regulations, which left the victims to die from asphyxiation and trampling. Um, I just came from the hospital from seeing my uncle. He was the one that got badly burned. I guess he must be dead because he was in the club last night. They say that nobody got out. It wasn't safe at all in there. Once you go in there and you're upstairs on the second floor, there was no way for you to get out if a fire breaks out. One of the victims of the fire was my uncle, Juan Carlos Colon Jr. He was only 18 years old when he died. My whole life, I'd never really known who he was. He was always just a picture in my grandparents' house. My family has a long history, and this is something I want to learn more about. Who was he, what was he like, and what did he want to accomplish? And most of all, how was he remembered? My name is Desiree. In this piece, I'll be finding out all that I can about my uncle and the tragic incident that took his life. This is In Living Memory. Naturally, the first person I went to was my mother. She was around 12 when my uncle, her brother, passed away. I wanted to pick her brain and see how much information she could give me as a starting point. Okay. But if you want to be technical, I'm a half-sister because we don't share the same mom. But we weren't raised that way, so that's my brother. She met him for the first time when she was five years old, while he still lived in Honduras with his mother and three of his other sisters. One named Anna, who was the oldest, and two younger, Dina and Julia. Um, but I was five, so I don't remember a lot of that time. I, all I, I remember, or the uh, memories, I guess, come from the pictures that we have. And quite honestly, right now, I don't even remember even taking pictures with him. I remember a picture with um, Sister Julie. 
Julia Liliana. I remember a picture with her. And I, I think I remember a picture with Dina. I don't remember a picture with our older sister, Anna, or even with him. But I've had to to meet them because they were they were all in Honduras at the time. My uncle grew up in Honduras and lived there until 1985, when he and all his sisters moved to New York. I was able to talk to my aunt Anna, the oldest of all the siblings. She told me a little about their life in Honduras. Um, when we were little and went to school, to the same school, so we would see each other in between, I would say, in during recess. Um, it was a small school because it was a small, um, it's a small town. And one thing that I always remember is that whenever um, they gave him maybe a candy in, in his class, they would give out candy. He would always ask for two because he would say one for me. And whenever I got candy, I would always get two, one for me, one for him. So um, we were always together when, if he was playing outside, I was playing also. And um, yeah, that's how it was. My mother and uncle Carlos, as I'll refer to him, lived together for only a short time, a few years after he moved to the States. She was very young when she met him and when he died. So she may not hold a lot of memories, but she did have a specific story that stuck out to her. I remember my sisters were playing outside. Everybody had somebody to play with, not me. And so he made a joke and he was like, oh, what did he say? He said, nobody wants to play with Lee here. Or something, something taunting like that. Like, oh, ha, ha, Lee don't have any friends or something like that. And then... I didn't take it very well. I started to cry or not cry or just be sad. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lee. I love you. And and, and that that's what I remember. And that, that, that's the only memories I have or that I hold on to anyway. I'd realized I haven't seen many pictures of my Uncle Carlos. Growing up, the only picture I've seen of him was in my grandparents' house. I never questioned who he was. It was always just there. At a time, maybe I thought it was my grandfather, but somewhere along the way, I must have put two and two together. I went to my grandparents' house to see if there were any more pictures of him I could find. My aunt was able to find a small book with some of his pictures. Among them, we were able to find a photo of my mom with Uncle Carlos in Honduras when they first met. That's not our cousin. No, she a floozy. <laughs> All right. Over the so that's your Uncle Carlos. I've only yeah. ever seen that one picture over there. Yeah, it's still there. And this is him with his friends. This looks like Pelham Bay Park, if you ask me. Don't ask me how I know that. I don't know what this rug business is about. That's him again. I don't know who this young lady is. Maybe your auntie Nana would know. Look, it's your mom. Yes, Carlos and Anna. Right in Honduras? I don't know. Well, because that's when 
I met event. them. This is 83. I was five. In August. This is your mother and my little cousin. After looking at his pictures, I wanted to see what existed of my Uncle Carlos online. So I went on the internet to try and find as much as I possibly could. I was able to find some statements from my grandparents in news articles talking about my uncle and the fire. One of them was from the Washington Post a year after he died. My grandfather gave his thoughts on the sentencing of Julio Gonzalez, the arsonist who started the fire. In the article it says, I'm halfway glad about it, but I'm still waiting for more, said Juan Carlos Colon Sr., whose only son, Juan Carlos Jr., 18, died at the club. My concern is in the sentence. 25 or 30 years is not enough for 87 lives. So many young people with a lot of promise for the future for this society. Another statement came from AP News, where my grandmother spoke a bit about who he was. It says, Juan Carlos Colon had been in New York since 1983. He was 18, a senior at a Manhattan high school, a good soccer player. He wanted to be a video producer, and he used the video art to fight drug abuse. He was a good, gentle boy. You'd often hear him warning young people to stay away from drugs, said his stepmother, Miriam Colon. Initially, I thought this article was alluding that my uncle was abusing drugs and using film as a way to wane off of them. After clarifying with my mom, she says he was just an advocate for helping others, and staying away from drugs was something that he advised young people about. The most remarkable thing I found was a new segment from 1992 with an interview from both my grandparents. They were asked about the charges placed on the Happy Land Club's owner who failed to provide proper safety regulations for the building. Not good enough. What's that compared to what we lost? Is that going to compensate it? But I feel hungry. I feel sad and to see how miserable uh, people think about just. And now Mr. Colon says he doesn't know when justice will be done. Another Ideally, like I wanted to speak to my grandfather next. He lost his only son at such a young age. I can only imagine what that was like for him. Today, my grandfather has dementia. He lives in Honduras, and my grandmother travels between New York and Honduras to be with him. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What happened? I never hear from you. <laughs> I wanted to call and ask how you were. I'm doing okay. She didn't have as close of a relationship with him as my grandfather did. By the time she married my grandfather, my uncle was 18 and already moved out, but she was able to tell a little bit about who he was. Your uncle was a very special person. He was very, very, you know, nice person to everybody. He had one thing that, one problem with that dyslexia, but you would not know he had it. Mm. Because the grandpa was always telling him, uh, you know, advising him to always aim for the best, try to do his best and always go beyond whatever he could reach. Does he still talk about him? Not anymore, because your grandfather at this time, you know, years ago maybe, but 
lately not anymore because he don't talk about anything anymore with his dementia because your grandfather has a dementia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a dementia and so he don't talk about anything anymore. Mm. You have to tell him good morning and he answers and that's it. Whatever word he comes out from his mouth is that the word that you repeat to him to say. My grandmother mentioned my uncle had dyslexia. I found this to be very touching, knowing that he was an aspiring filmmaker. The first time I heard about his dyslexia was from my aunt, Anna, my uncle's oldest sister. We didn't know that he had a learning disability. And um, I used to help him out with his homework a lot because he it was hard for him to learn to write and to um, do the math and things like that. So I used to help him out so he can do it. But along the way, we learned after a long time that he had dyslexia. So he was mainly visual. That's how he learned. And when he went to a high school, Martin Luther King High School, he that's when his interest in film developed because um i believe they had a program there and that's how he started in the film Mm -hmm. and he was enjoying he did enjoy it because he was very happy about that because since that's the way he was he would learn then that that made him happy i remember that I can't help but wonder how far my uncle Carlos could have gone with filmmaking if he were still alive. It's an interest we both have in common, and I grew curious about some of his work. There's an award at my grandparents' house in my uncle's honor. The name Rise and Shine Productions is written on it. It's the name of the program that was at his high school. When he died, there was a memorial made there in his memory. Unfortunately, when I called the school to ask about it, no one knew what I was talking about. Good morning. Um, I'm trying to find information about a memorial that may be at your school. My uncle went to the school in 1990, um, and he passed away in the Happy Land fire. And I was told that they had like a something there for him. So I was just asking to call if you knew anything about that, if there was anything pertaining to that there. Oh boy. Um. No, but I can switch you to, uh, I'll switch you to one of the schools and maybe they can help you, okay? Oh my, you know what? I know nothing about this. Let me transfer you to safety downstairs. They usually, you know. Um, I have no clue. Let me hold on a minute. <sighs> no, nobody's familiar with that. Okay, well, thank you anyway. You're welcome. Bye. In 2005, the Martin Luther King High School became six different campuses, so that specific memorial probably isn't there anymore. Despite that, I wanted to find anything that had to do with the films my uncle made. Um, I remember he did a video called Trujillo. I don't remember what it was about. Um, I remember he met um, Spike Lee. Spike Lee was one of his favorite directors. I remember he got an award for his video, Trujillo. I was also able to find out about the awards he won in his obituary. My mom was able to find it and sent me a picture of it. His projects won numerous awards, 
at different film festivals. He even appeared on CNN to discuss some of his work. Um, it was because him and his um, schoolmate had made a short film. I don't remember what the title was, but they did make something, and that's how come they were here. And I think another friend of his was interviewed. I wasn't able to find any of his work or his new segment appearance. Since it happened so long ago, it's hard to find any sign of a digital footprint he left behind. On the internet, and even in the new segment my grandparents were in, it says my uncle Carlos was at Happy Land that night because he was doing a research for his own documentary project. As community members offered prayers tonight, Juan Colon remembered his only son, 18-year-old Juan Carlos. A promising photographer who had won several video awards, Colon Jr. had come to the club to research a documentary on Honduran immigrants. After speaking to my family, I don't know how much of that is true. When I asked my family, they all said he was just stopped with friends that night. For, I, do not, I don't know if he was there to research anything, but what I know is that he went there with a girl and her family members. Mm -hmm. It was him and I think it was maybe eight family members of his girlfriend. And, um, yeah, I believe that's, that's why he went there, because they were his friends, and he went with his friends. And I just remember being solemn. The house was real, like, I guess in anticipation to get that confirmation that, yes, that's him. He did die with um, his friends, his girlfriend. And I, I don't remember... Um, when it, it, it came out that he didn't even want to go. He didn't even want to go. He went. And he died. He got a room with somebody. I couldn't remember the name of the person either. It was a cousin. That's how that night when he died, he was already in bed. But... um. The friends told him, come on, let's go. You know, you don't go out. Let's go. So he decided to go. He decided to go. He was already in his bed. Uncle Carlos was already in bed, and they told him to get up and go out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whether he was there for research or not, the outcome remains. The death of my uncle Carlos left a big hole in my family. To lose someone this way, someone so young, with so much promise, in an event so tragic, it made their hearts heavy. Do you remember what your initial reaction was? No. Interestingly enough, I, I really don't remember my initial reaction. I was, how old was I, um... 10, 11, but um, I think he, his, he was the first loss, and I don't remember, I don't remember. Your grandpa, it was really devastated. He was very, very angry, very sad for years, 
He was crying like a baby, stomping his feet and everything up in his room. And I don't remember what we were doing. We were downstairs and I don't know if we were all together, if we looked at each other, if we said anything to each other. But I just remember my father crying like a baby. He couldn't, he couldn't, you know, accept that his only son was going this way. So, yeah, from years, your grandfather was really remembering Carlos Thorwell about it, although he didn't show the people, but he was crying and was really sad of losing his only son. I never heard that before, and I never heard that after that. I don't remember hearing it after that, but that was the first time I ever heard my father cry like he was five years old. I was I was shocked, and I, I, I'm sorry. And I didn't know what to do because he was my friend and I had seen him a week before we went out to to eat and I remember we had Chinese the week before and when he left he said I love you and that was the last time I saw him. And I know it's been a long time. It's been almost 35 years after. And every time I think of him, I miss him. I miss him every day. Because he was he would always check on me. He would always call and ask how I was doing, if I was happy, if I was okay. I miss him dearly every single day. After all I'd done, all I researched, all I learned, I started to realize something. I'm never going to know all the little details. I may not know the exact reason he was at the club that night. I may not be able to access his old films, but what I've learned and grown to value is the impact he's left on those who remember him. Where did it used to be? What? Where did the club used to be? I don't know. I don't know. So this is your first time here for you? This is not. Are there names on these? They got flowers. I wonder if his name is on these. Where? Where on these. The flowers. Oh, on, on the top. So didn't Auntie say his maiden name is not on? It's his maiden name. His mother. It's right there. It's right there. with you. We oh, at, at least Cologne is there. Well, it is there. Yeah. 
this the Carlos is typing. Do you ever think about if you were around today, what you would be like? Um, yes, I do. I do, I do think about that. Yeah, he would be the same way as he was, I think. <laughs> um, checking up on, on the family and, and sharing whatever he had because that's what he was. He would share, you know. So I believe that that, that he would be. And probably um, he would have been um, doing what he decided that he wanted to do, which was filmmaking. He would be the same age as your dad. They were both born in 71. And I think often about how different our relationship would be if he was still around. Um, so I often wonder how, how they would, um, your dad and my brother would interact and how different life would be with him here if he'd have his own family and kids and how it would be um, relating together, how we would get together, and maybe even the sisterhood, because there's five sisters, six sisters in him, how different our relationship would be if he was still here. I think about it a lot. A lot. Man, I think more than I realize, actually, if that makes sense. His obituary says it best. Juan Carlos Colon Jr. was an inspiration to all he touched. His creativity, brilliant vision, social commitment, and loving friendships will live with his family and friends forever. Juan Carlos Colon Jr. is survived by family.